welcome to episode 9 of the 115 Fouls FPL podcast. The podcast that got to 9 quicker than a team playing Southampton. I'm Steve. I'm Johnny. And today we'll be looking back on double game week 24 and looking ahead to double game week 25. But first, it's time to bring in Johnny. Johnny, how are you getting on? I'm doing alright. Yeah, I'm very well. How about you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks mate. Another uh, exciting week in, uh, in the world of football. Very much so. It was a uh, double game week time, right? So that's always exciting. And uh, yeah, some, some crazy scores and some unlikely scorers knocking about this week, eh? Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it, it's, been, a, it's been a funny old week, um, which I, we'll get onto in, in a second. Um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, it's thrown up a few, uh, I was, uh, it's thrown up a few interesting moments, uh, to say the least. Do you want to tell us first how your, uh, your game week went? Yeah, sure. Well, I would describe this one as a low ton. Yeah, well, okay. Um, it, it, I got 111 points um, and I tried to shoot on a, a Loughton pun in there because I put in Matt Loughton this week and he he scored. So I did all, I did all right with that, really. Um, managed to captain Gundogan, which obviously was was a smart choice. Um, and I only captained him because DCL was, a, was an injury risk. So... That worked out, um, which was good. But yeah, 100, 111 points, which I think is a pretty solid week. I think second time this year that I broke a ton, which is which is great. And um, and I got my green arrow, so I went from about thirty six thousand to about nineteen thousand this week, which is, which is pretty good. So pretty pretty pleased that I put in Loughton and and pretty pleased that I got the captain right. Uh, yeah, so not not a bad week all in all, really. How, how about you? Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was okay. Um... First of all, I think we should, you know, we've got to caveat the fact that it's, it's 111, but with a minus four. Come on, we, if we're going to do this, we've got to do it properly, John. Um, okay, it's even more <laughs> of a low ton then, isn't it? It is even more of a low ton. Um, yeah, uh, it was It was a, a slightly less good week for me. I, I got 96, um, which was okay. I've, it was a small green arrow, um, up to 7k again. Uh, it just seems to be floating around that area at the moment. But... I can't complain. Um, Richarlison got me a goal in the game I didn't think he was probably going to score in, and um, my transfers heralded a massive plus two across the two transfers in terms of the points he scored, <laughs> despite putting uh, in a double game week player for um, a single game week player. Uh, Suchek uh, came out for J- uh, James Rodriguez, and um, yeah, James Rodriguez got the same amount of points as Suchek. So I, I put in the wrong. Jay Rodriguez, basically, didn't I? You did, you did, and uh, I, I've got Suchek, who got me three points, which was nice. Um, so, so yeah, I'm pretty pleased with the fact that you've uh, fumbled on that one, which I think puts a bit less ground between the two of us now, doesn't it? A little bit, yeah. You're closing the gap a little bit. Um, I think you're obviously taken a taken eleven points off me this week, which is uh, which is quite a big amount at this stage of the season. And um, yeah, I was a bit gutted really because the game week started off so promisingly. Obviously, with Gundogan being captain. Uh, for me as well, and yeah, just a lot of um, I've got a lot of early early points on the board, but you know, missing out on Diaz starting in in the first uh, in the first City game wasn't ideal. Um, and you know, again, we found ourselves in a situation where <laughs> Martinez, who I was going to put in a couple of weeks ago, if it was not for the the double game weeks, um, managed to outscore Pope. So that yep. was um, that was a little bit disappointing. And obviously, Matt Loughton, um did his thing. Uh, the the stats on Loughton are incredible, and this isn't taking anything away from anybody who put him in because we we've talked about this even before the podcast this week that 
he's the cheapest sure starter in that Burnley defence. So if you put him in, it's a totally fair shout. The, the fact that he scored, um, because, <laughs> because he is a guy who has uh, an XG of 0.8, I think, over the last well, like last season, and has not scored a Premier League goal before, it then just so happened to spring up on a double game week is um, is pretty funny, really. So, well, for someone yeah. that doesn't really understand XG or care about it, it, it even less than understanding it, um, I'm delighted. Yeah, I was I was genuinely uh, watching it, just laughing my head off, just going like, great, put him in there to try and get a couple of clean sheets or at least one. Would have been happy if he got like eight points and he's finished the week on 17 points. I mean, that is, that is great. My, my bigger surprise was that um, during the second game against Fulham, um, the commentator described him as the, uh, as the I think it was the Colchester Cafu. I never would have been putting um, Matt Loughton in, in that bracket, but, you know, if that's, uh, if that's what, he, what he wants to be called, then fair play I mean, to him. Col- fair play to Colchester. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not dissing the place, but it doesn't strike me as like a, an area where it's got loads of options to, to have other people challenging for that title. Um, so, so maybe it's legit just based on the, the population and size of people coming out of Colchester who play in that position, right? Well, you know what? Now that I, now I've said it, I'm I'm now debate now debating whether I actually got it. <laughs> getting Colchester right, it might have been Cheltenham, uh, I don't, or it might have been. Well, either way, if you're from Cheltenham or Colchester, you know someone else that plays right back that you think is better suited for Cafu. Hit us up on Twitter and let us know who you think is better. <laughs> oh, it just um, yeah, it, it, it's it's kind of hilarious that um, that he's you know come to light in this in this period. And I guess a lot of people probably. Um, would have had Taylor in in that bracket if he was if he was fit for the two games. He obviously came back in the second, so it's good that he's back fit again. Charlie Taylor, the Cheltenham Cafu. <laughs> no, not the, Charlie Taylor's not the Cheltenham Cafu. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Charlie Taylor is. In fairness, I think he's uh, well, he's from injured. Well, no, <laughs> not, not anymore. Not anymore. The, the other thing that's that's kind of went on in this game week um, was obviously the Gundogan um, haul of, of nineteen points in the first game tweaking his groin and then not being able to play in the second so it was a bit of a disappointment for anybody who had him as captain or triple captain um yeah I, I was a bit frustrated but obviously you couldn't you can't really ask for much more than 19 points from um from your captain really can you no i mean i think if you triple captain this week you'd be hard pushed to pick a better week it, game double game weeks don't guarantee big scores we know that now and like actually 19 points is a ruddy good hole and even though he played one game, he was still my highest scoring player this week. I mean, Loughton did get me 17, granted, and I did like my Ings differential with it for eight points. But um, he was still my highest scoring player and, and played one game. So fair play. Uh, I think he's uh, you can't grumble on that at all. Well, there's only one player in the whole game who actually outperformed him over the two game weeks. Do you know who that is? I think it's Ina, isn't it, from Fulham? Yeah, it certainly is. He got 20 points um, in an impressive couple of displays. We've been talking about Fulham for the last few weeks about the fact they might be um, a real option. And I think they've been really overlooked because of the double game week coming up and the fact they don't have one. Um, but yeah, I, he, he looked great. Um, Tessie looked great. I, I, I do think defensively they've got a lot going on. Um, but obviously the, the bigger story from that from that first game especially was um Sunderland till I die's Josh Madger uh, <laughs> turning up with um, gets a brace yeah yeah two goals both both what you would probably classify as tap-ins 
Um, but you know, yeah, you, you've got to get yourself in the right positions. And he did like he did a lot of that for Sunderland. In fairness, he was very much a guy who poached and you know got himself in the right places. So it's nice to see him doing I'm it at this level. Such, I'm such an advocate for that sort of striker player. Though. I mean, like there are so many strikers out there that we've talked about who look like they've got bags of talent that just don't have that, just don't get those sort of dirty goals. And, and ultimately, just just let their goal scoring records reflect it. And like, you know, like when Solskjaer turned up at United, for instance, I think one of the things he said was that we don't score enough of those goals. You want to follow the ball and be in the right area. And and probably the best person in the league for me at the moment at doing that is probably Calvert-Lewin. Like, he's always in the right area. And like that's why he's getting as many goals, because he's positioning and his, his awareness around that six-yard box just looks quite clinical, really. Now, don't get me wrong; he's very talented as well. But like, if Josh Magic can continue doing that, he's gonna he's gonna score goals, isn't he? I mean, that's just good striker play. Yeah, exactly. And I think when they've got people like Luckman um, around him as well, who 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 do create chances, it's um, it, it could be a really good combination. I think, you know, we, we, he's talking about Calvert Lewin and that progression. Like you say, he he's this season he's become a guy who just step is between the goalposts at the right time. Um, you know, I, I I love it as well. I, I grew up watching Andy Cole thinking he was the best player like in you know ever and um he was very much in that in that kind of bracket you know goal poacher getting himself into the right positions turning off the back of defenders and I, I really like that so um it doesn't seem like there's enough of those kind of strikers knocking around in the Premier League these days there doesn't the one that always brings to my mind is uh is the one not from the Premier League it was uh Felipe and Zaggy and I think some of his teammates genuinely just didn't understand how he scored goals because they just didn't think he was very good at football and then just had this amazing record well that's that's actually interesting because I guess you know with with um Ancelotti was his manager um Ancelotti was his manager and he said when he came in um to Everton that he wanted to get Calvert-Lewin to watch videos of Inzaghi to improve his game and he has been doing that and I think Calvert-Lewin said in a few interviews that he's he's starting to model his game a little bit on that so it does show you that you know if if you if you can if you can like become that sort of striker in amongst everything else Calvert-Lewin had, it's a great all-round game we saw that it's the reason he was being picked ahead of Moise Keane and others at, at Everton um, for a couple of seasons beforehand um, before he started scoring you know 15-20 goals a season so yeah it's it's a nice touch that he's added to his game there uh, yeah, a, a, I like it. It's good a, to see. Another striker who is not in that bracket um, at all, but has uh, showed a lot of signs of promise and is, is doing so under Tuchel. Timo Werner came back and, and finally scored his first Premier League goal for several weeks, um, well, several months, actually, in the Premier League. Uh, what, are you, what are you making of his role under Tuchel? I don't know, you know. I, I'm still unsure. I mean... It's, it's funny, isn't it? Because he did score in that game, but then so did Olivier Giroud, who just continuously keeps to get keeps getting overlooked, doesn't he? Um, but look, my, my, my Werner sort of prognosis is, I think he's still going to be great. He's just his goal scoring record in Bundesliga was class. He's good for his national team. He's young. He's powerful. He's pacey. He's tall. Like I, I, I do think he's going to be like a, a a great Premier League striker. Uh, and and you know people do need time to settle into this league. It, we 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 talk about it as the most competitive league in the world, and it is in my opinion, right? Um, so you do need to give strikers a bit of, a bit of time sometimes, um, especially when there's such a weight of expectations. So, what is his role in that team? I think he'll he'll end up being their number one centre forward, and and there's a he could he could leave a good legacy. But it's just whether the the managers and the and the fans give him the time to do so. Um, for me, so I don't know. I. I Bit of a scrappy goal to get him get him back on the score sheets, 
that's maybe not a bad thing, you know, just break that duck and uh, I could see him going on a bit of a run, in fairness. It does seem that way. They've got good fixtures coming up as well, but I think the big thing for me, looking at it from like a fantasy perspective, that um, Tuchel in his post-match in, after that, uh, that game, he said that he doesn't see him at the moment as being that guy who plays through the middle and he expects it'll play off the left for... Uh, quite a while to come he works better that way finding that space off the wings with his pace um so it, it, because he's not playing in that position it's kind of the reason why you know people like say Richarlison for instance I know I've got him in at the moment I, I don't really want him there anymore but like got those guys who who will play off those wings but are classified as strikers in in fantasy aren't necessarily always the best options um you know, we've we've seen it. Yeah. With, we've seen it with like Martial, for instance. I know he's played more centrally recently, but like that sw- that switch like from last season where Rashford was a striker but was playing off the wing. You know, that they they the points become more diluted when those guys are sort of played out of position. So there's a kind of hope that you know he might uh, he's not going to be, but he might be classified as a midfielder next season if he continues to play in that role, and then he will become a very very interesting option. Or will he become what Aubameyang did and everyone rushes to put him in at the start of the season and immediately takes him out? Well, <laughs> he, I mean, talking of talking of Aubameyang, he did uh, he did come good this week, finally. Oh, I mean, you know, if you catch your I've patience I've got to tell you him. something on this. I've got to tell you something Go on, on this. So I was, um, I was with uh, my brother-in-law, Gert, and we were in a bit of a chat. I said, with, we were in a bit of a chat. And he posed me a football question and, and it genuinely uh, it took me ages to answer it. And he was like, which Premier League striker has um in history has got the most braces without ever scoring a hat trick. Took me ages to get there. Answer, you know, if you didn't know what was a Bemiang, genuinely the next day the guy goes and bags a hat trick. I was like, well that didn't age well, <laughs> did it mate? So <laughs> but I absolutely yeah, killed that question it. for him. Yeah. It was quite a good one. It took me ages and now it's like just completely dead. It just doesn't work anymore. <laughs> I, I was quite surprised actually. I, I didn't you know I I thought he has scored hat tricks in other competitions, hasn't he, for them? So it wouldn't necessarily spring to mind as a guy who hasn't scored a hat trick in the Premier League before. But obviously, that's the case. Um, you know, it's obviously not the case anymore. But he he looked really sharp again, didn't he? And um, I, I yeah. I'm not saying he's an option again because it's going to take a bit of time, isn't it? To really, he's just so expensive, isn't he? That he's going to have to start looking like he's an indispensable before rather than an option. Like he's just so expensive that unless he's knocking in like consistent double figures and it makes it impossible to overlook I'm not even thinking about it no and I guess like, Arsenal are, are aside like you said you talk about consistency but Arsenal's consistency is, is kind of all over the place these days mm-hmm. they're, they're just um, I, I think they've, they've got the workings of you know progressing forward again as a club I think Arteta actually is doing a decent job there um, but it was a big job and it's going to take a lot of time and I just don't don't trust their players still um, to 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 give you give re- constant returns and obviously I think the one guy I would have been considering from that side was probably Rob Holding who was dropped uh, against Leeds so <laughs> I saw that yeah it's um yeah not a not a great um posi- not a great uh, position to be in if you if you're holding on to Arsenal assets I mean Saka again might be it might be an option um but there's other midfielders I want from Stephen Fairness. Your favourite goalkeeper was dropped this week um, in favour well, of Kepa Ariza Balaga. Well, I, 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 the thing is, there's, there's not much to say on this because it, Tuchel again came out and was like, he just wanted to, Mendy to have like a mental rest and he wanted to build Kepa's confidence up. But Kepa, 
looked solid. He kept a clean sheet. I'm not saying he's amazing better. save. Yeah, I'm not. But the thing is, I'm not saying he's better than Mendy because I don't think, don't really know if that's the case. But I, I do think there's something in that you know what's been going on with Mendy that like maybe Tuchel thought he'd take him out the firing line before things got bad. And he's got options now. He's got if Kepa sort of keeps that that level of confidence up. There is a goalkeeper in there. There was a reason they paid all that money for him. So I know statistically oh, yeah, he's awful, but yeah, I, I'm so I'm so with you on that though. Like. I always thought that like Kepa would end up leaving Chelsea quite soon and they'd take a loss on him and he'd just go back to the Liga or something and someone would take a punt on him because why not? And uh, and he would just look amazing again, right? There's a real chance of that. And like again, like sometimes keeping him a time, he's, he's, he's young. I mean, De Gea's you know last two years of form is maybe a, a worse way to frame this this point, but like De Gea's been very very good for United for a long long time now. But when he first came, he looked flappy. You know, he looked like young, weak, you know, at times. And then all of a sudden he just took that step up and just became unbeatable at times. You know what I mean? It was, um, so I, I, I genuinely thought Kepa could go the same way. You know, there's a real keeper in there for me, but no, yeah, see. I agree. I think that it's just going to be a case of time though, isn't it now? If he gets that opportunity, if Mendy is as bad as I think he is, um, <laughs> then <laughs> there's every opportunity for him to, um, yeah, for him to come, Come back into come back into the side on a permanent basis, and then if he gets a decent run, you know we might see a bit of a different side of it. And I think he's good. He's good with the ball as well, which is, I think helps. And Tuchel, you know, wants to play up from the back. So, yeah, um, Chelsea are interesting at the moment. Lots lots of rotation. Only lots four, to think about. Only four players have um, have started every game under Tuchel so far, um, and yeah, it's uh, so it's it's kind of hard to pick out who to go with really from them even though they've got a nice double game week coming up and um yeah i guess the big big one like one of the, one of those people is rudiger at 4.5 which we've talked about before and i think he's a good option like Jorginho seems Steve, like Steve don't say that the last time you brought up rudiger he scored an own goal <laughs> well I, I, well we'll talk about this in a minute but i think my my um my my jinx on uh the players that i pick actually um seems to have lifted this week so yeah, we'll um, we'll get to that, but in, interesting from Chelsea, I think there's, there's, they they're gonna be. I I think they're gonna get top four now quite easily, and they should do. They've got a very good squad, but yeah, I'd um I would imagine that it's a bit of a wait and see with them, uh, in terms of how the squad settles down and who becomes, who yeah who plays on a regular basis. Uh, yeah. shall shall we look ahead to game week twenty five? Um, you know I love to look ahead. <laughs> the big headline this week is obviously there is one extra fixture, which is Southampton versus Leeds. Um, so both Southampton and Leeds have two games this week. Uh, what are you What are you thinking about it? Are you excited about the fact we've got an extra fixture? Are you uh, tearing your hair out at the no. possibilities? I'm all right at the moment, I think. I mean... I've got a transfer. I've got plenty in the bank to sort of play around with. I've got two Southampton players already. One of them's Ings. I've got Bamford still. I think I'm probably going to put in Rafinha unless something drastic happens. Who's your, who's um, your second Southampton player? I can't think. Is it McCarthy? I've got Alex McCarthy. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've still got him. I mean, he's just one of those. I mean, 
And I mean, you just don't rotate your keepers that much, I suppose. So I mean, Mc- he's McCarthy's there. the only person actually now. In after the, after I transferred out Cech and Justin last week, that is still my in my side from the first he's an OG. week. He's yeah, the only fair one. Play. Fair might, play. Might not last very much longer at this rate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's like uh, conceding quite a lot. Sorry, carry on. No, no, no. It's all right. So no, I've got I've got um I've got those three, and I'm probably going to make it four. But I'm probably going to stop at having two from each. Because, like, I don't, I, I kind of only put Ings in because I just felt like Southampton probably were going to get a shed load of double game weeks and, and that's what's going to happen. And uh, I don't really love playing McCarthy loads because he just doesn't make, seem to make many saves. Um, Bamford's pretty solid. Rafinha looks amazing. And I think I'm going to stop there, but I don't really want to be putting three players in from either of those sides. And I think that's going to be for me. But, like, yeah, I'm pretty chilled about it, really. I mean, I've got three of them already, and I'll probably put in a fourth with the transfer that I've got. I'm just sort of waiting to see who that might be, just because there's still some really unknown fixture announcements for game week 26. And it's like, well, I'll take the fact that Rafinha's already gone up point one because I've got money in the bank just to be sure that I'm making the right decision for that game week as well. You know, it's sensible, I think. This is, this is the big, like, sort of quandary hanging over the whole fantasy football community at the moment. It's this lack of fixture announcement. Um, we know that they're coming because Pep revealed in his pre-match interview um, against Everton the other night uh, that they've been given two extra fixtures against Southampton and Wolves, which is exactly what we thought was going to happen. This means essentially that City are going to have a have a double game week in 26 and a double game week in 27. We, we know that because of what Pep said. The rest of it is totally up in the air. And I think the, one of the major issues is that Southampton are, are one of the sides that it could be a case that they, they have a single game week in 26 and a single or a, or, a, um, or a double game week in 26. And that's the problem at the moment because until we know that, I think going hard on Southampton and Leeds assets when they both might have a single, a single game week next week is sort of foolish, really. Um, yeah, which is why if you've got them already, hold... And if you're thinking about putting them in, maybe just hold a little bit longer. <laughs> you know, it's uh, just just wait. Yeah, and I think that's it. that's it. I mean, the, the deadline's going to be half six tomorrow. The first game's at eight o'clock tomorrow night. So we're back to kind of the, the Friday deadline scenario. So I would be waiting until four, like usually the fixture announcements uh, come about four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, if they're not out by four o'clock, then I think you're probably not going to hear about that before the, de- the game week deadline. So I think there'll be a lot of late transfers between four and half six tomorrow um, that a lot of people will be will be uh, mulling mulling over. Uh, there's also the fact that I think a lot of people will play their wild card this week. Um, yeah, because it makes sense. You know, you're you're playing it the week before a double game week to get in enough players to you know to either bench boost or triple captain or reorganise your team. Um, I'm sure a lot of people's planning was to look ahead to um, Tottenham having this double game week, Kane potentially having a double game week fixture. Um, we're recording this as Tottenham play at the moment. Um, they're currently 3-0 up against Wolfsburger uh, from Austria. And they uh, Harry Kane didn't travel. And apparently he, he couldn't travel, according to Mourinho's um, pre-match interview. So... It, Kane might have a problem, which again is something you can't, I think we need to wait on. So I think if you're looking at Harry Kane at the moment, um, that you should hold that transfer from between 25 and 26. That's, yeah, 
and uh, Gareth Bale started, doesn't he? I think he's got yeah, a goal and a brace. Goal and assist, sorry. And I think Son scored. So if you're looking at Tottenham assets, maybe the if you haven't got Son already, that's where to go. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to advise putting Bale in. I'm, uh, it's, this is too much uh, risk of him not playing. But, but yeah, the Kane thing is throws, throws it out there a bit, doesn't it, as to what you what you do about that, right? Um, I mean, I was just al- almost like guaranteed I was putting him in. And, and now I'm just even like, just, you don't know again, right? So... Well, I, I've been I've been like absolutely racking my brain about how to change my team to get Kane in without wild carding, and it's been a a bit of a nightmare. I was always going to have to take a minus four at least next week to do it, and my plan at the moment is I said on the podcast last week that I was looking to bench boost um uh, this in game week twenty six. That is scrapped now. The triple captain is is kind of the way I'm looking at this game week now because I just I, I would have to take probably a minus eight or a minus twelve to get my squad into shape to do that, and then have to rebuild again coming out at twenty six for twenty nine. Um, and I kind of want to save my wild card as I say probably at, at like you know game week thirty one is kind of where I'm looking at playing it. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm really. Uh, I would really appreciate Kane not being fit. I don't like to wish players to be injured at all. It's not my not my style, but uh, it would make my life a little, a little bit easier because I'm currently debating um, whether to take out a very big hitter, which I think is we should probably talk talk about um, a little bit. Because originally I was I was thinking about getting rid of Salah, and now I'm actually thinking about getting rid of Fernandez, which would. I, I You're a madman. I know. You're an absolute madman. I know. I, I'm not thinking about either of those things. And you just can't take out those guys. They will punish you. Stop thinking about that, Steve. <laughs> well, this is the thing, because if you're if you're playing to, to triple captain a player that you want to triple captain, like, I, I, I want to triple captain Kane at the moment in 26. And the only way to get to him is by taking out one of those two players. And at the moment, I'm looking at United's fixtures and saying... Okay, well, they're going to have... I'm not going to get rid of Fernandes this week. They've got Newcastle at home. Good fixture. He's just scored again tonight, as we're, as we're speaking. So, you know, the form's good and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but, you know, they, then they play Chelsea notoriously against the top four. Uh, you know, there's, there's big hitting sides this season. United have not been good going forward. They, Fernandes has not returned in those games. They've drawn 0-0 at Chelsea earlier in the season. They drew 0-0 with City earlier in the season, who they've got in game week 27. There's a lot for me where I'm looking at and going, this is not, he's not going to be great from what I'm projecting in the next few weeks. I can get him back on the wild card. So this is like where a, you need to throw your XG out the window, Steve, and just recognise the fact that it's likely that we're going to get some penos. Fernandez is going to take them, and you're going to be sat there with a ten-point deficit minimum while everyone else is just going to be rubbing their hands together. Well, it might be the case, and I'm, you know, I think that's the thing you have to take that. But I, I don't want to get rid of Salah. Salah's hit form again. He looked really good last night in the Champions. Sorry, on Tuesday night in the Champions League, um, and I just can't get can't get rid of him at the moment. So. If it means doing that, I, again, it will make things a lot easier if Kane wasn't out because I could actually just um, approach the the double game week um, in a n- normal rational sense. Uh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. But it might be the big, it might be the big thing that sort of you know changes the season. Like Fernandez might have a few games of not doing much, but that is probably unlikely. Um, yeah. So let, let's talk about transfers then on that basis because okay. at the moment. Um, we don't know what the fixtures are, but like, what's your what's your transfer plan this week? Um, probably thinking about taking Suchek out. Um, actually, um, not because I don't think he's still got a couple of goals in him. I think he's still a good player, 
but I fa- fancy Rafinha. I, I, I was looking at him at five point three. I think he's got up to five point four now. Um, I, ju- I don't know. I, I I look at him and just think you're playing a front three for Leeds. Double game coming up. W- wouldn't mind. Wouldn't mind having a bit of that in my team. And I think I want to divest a little bit from from West Ham, not because they're not doing well. Um, I just don't want to be three players invested. So uh, the, I'm thinking the Rafinha have as well, haven't they? Like this is yeah, like, exactly. So I think my, my 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 plan of transfers at the moment is is probably Rafinha in for Suchek. It's probably uh, Kane in for Calvert Lewin um, at some stage, and it's probably Martinez in for Fabianski at some stage. Um, but 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 I don't know. Um, other than the, the Rafinha for Suchek, I think we looked fairly nailed on, unless the, the fixtures go a bit mental tomorrow. Um, I, I don't know, but that's that's the loose plan. But that's not nothing too revolutionary, right? It's just the most, the highest point scoring keeper in the game. It's a guy with a double game week, and it's Harry Kane who just scores goals. So nothing too nothing too exciting, nothing too uh, frighteningly uh, rogue this this time around. I think. Well, there's nothing wrong you? with doing things by the book in in these sorts of situation it is, a bit, it is a bit boring though isn't it it is boring but like you know it's it's whether you, like we've always talked about in other weeks where we're talking about having fun and doing stuff like we've both done silly stuff like you know we've both had McGoldrick in our teams at various stages too, like you know in the last few weeks he did um, not have the same Simon Davis level effect that I hoped for no he didn't um we might get to that in a minute because we haven't talked we haven't talked about the Simon Davis thing just yet have we um no but we will keep teasing it for now uh, <laughs> um, you, you know, it's funny you say that because actually, I'm I, I'm back. I feel like at the moment, what I'm leaning towards doing is doing a really weird transfer. When you've got leading up to double game week, where I'm going to take out a double game week player and replace him with another day, double game week player. Um, and the reason I'm thinking about this is because basically for the same thing you said, I want Martinez. Like this, it's done now. Like the, this week proved again that like. I need to get him in, no matter the cost, no matter what what goes on. And actually, if I'm not going to bench boost in 26, um, then I've come to the conclusion that the best thing to do is to have Martinez in my squad going up between 26 and obviously I'm having another game in 29 when it's announced. Um, so yeah, I think my transfer might be this week the most boring of transfers of taking out old Nick Pope, who has uh, you know actually done okay for me the last couple of weeks, but not... Um, as well as Martinez would have done, and putting in Martinez. Fair enough. And I then think putting that's Martinez a straight thing. on my bench for a double, because McCarthy's <laughs> going to play for the double game week. So that's, I know I'm going to get punished. And then Martinez is going to sit there with a lovely juicy 12 points, probably two penalty saves, while McCarthy just like ships another nine goals. Yeah, um, I can feel it already. <laughs> I, I hope that doesn't happen. I will be playing McCarthy myself, right? So... I really, really hope that doesn't happen, but uh, but it's just inevitable. Um, especially if we're playing the same player, it never seems to go well at the same time for us. Well, it so know. you know um, there is a bit of that. Um, but yeah, there's one um, there's one final thing just about this game week that I, I kind of want to talk about, um, and it's the fact that two sides that are haven't got double game weeks next week and are currently, I would say, like the form sides down towards the bottom, have both got really nice fixtures. Um, Fulham are at home to Sheffield United, Brighton are at home to Crystal Palace, um, which you know I think are, are relatively good fixtures. Then Fulham in game week twenty six go away to Crystal Palace, and um, yeah, and Brighton go away to West Brom. So the next two fixtures for those sides are for me like really good um, ones to approach. If you're not look, if you're looking at 
you know, if your squad is set up for the double game week already and you're not going to bench boost, or maybe even if you are going to bench boost, um, they might be ones to get in because they both, again, have fixtures in 29. Um, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot and, I, and I'm really trying to work out like whether this is actually a good plan or whether to actually maybe transfer out, say, like Soufal, who's got a single game with this uh, next week, and to then put in, like, you know, a defender from one of those sides, like, you know, a Dunk or a, uh, a White or from Fulham, Tete or Aina. And I do think there's a, there's a there's an argument to be made that because of the fixtures, you can sort of ignore the double game weeks in a way, especially for players who can pad out your squad and be real enablers for you to get the big hitters in. Yeah, I mean... I think that's a fair plan in some way, but it's also like we're looking, you know, we're looking at game week 25, picking that now and plan for game week 29 is sensible, but don't do it at the detriment to missing out points over the next three weeks. Like, you know what I mean? That sounds, well, it's more than that, it's four weeks, isn't it? So, you know, like, I, I think there's there's a bit in that, like, you know, they, they have got a game week 29 fixture. I know their fixtures are good coming up, but, you know, to, to miss out on double game week players, to me, is, is foolish, right? Because regardless of the expected goals or clean sheets or whatever, there's just an extra game to be to get to get chances to get points. So, look, there's a different way of approaching it. Mine is much more speculative and, and yours is a bit more formulaic, but I, I am not thinking about putting in single game week players when I've got one transfer. If I was playing my wild card, however, maybe I think about it a bit differently, right? Um, but... But you know, like you don't fill up my bench with those sort of players if if I think that's well, worth doing. Well, but maybe you know, if you, double if game you, week all the way. Maybe the thing to say is that if you've got Brighton or Fulham um, players that you're looking at taking out, and um, don't don't take them out. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially for a hit, I think that's that that's that would be my my sort of bigger piece of advice. Like, don't go. We've we talked about this on the last double game, which I think was actually our first episode, where sometimes taking a minus four or a minus eight or a minus twelve doesn't work. Sometimes it does. Like to be frank, it can go either way. Um, but you know, I, I I don't I like the fixtures in the next two games to those guys, and I think you know I've been looking at getting a Fulham defender in for a little while now. I've been looking at getting a Brighton defender in for a little while, now, and I've been put off by this set of fixtures. And then there's going to come a point; it'll definitely be you know game week 29. They will be there by then, but um, that's a long way in the future. <laughs> so it's maybe yes, best it not is. to. We this is the thing at the moment. We're talking so much in like, oh well, we might do this and we might do that, and actually, um. The big thing as well to mention is the fact that like forward planning this season has not necessarily um, been the best option because of COVID in the in the winter months and also just because of a lot of injuries, a really congested fixture schedule and rotation. Um, yeah, I think sometimes it's it's better to go off the fly a little bit in this scenario because off the you fly. That, you know, you're speaking my language, Steve. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, again, Fulham. Old Josh Madger, 5.5. Imagine if he scores a few goals. That'd be... Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> You'd be absolutely absolutely uh, loving it. Um, right. So, p- score predictions. We've, we've talked for quite a while, so it's but there's been a lot to get through this week. So it Let's rattle through these then, Steve. Uh, yeah, so do you want to give us a, a quick review of last week? Um, what went on? 
Quick review. So you won the player the player game. Uh, finally, Charles and me and Gundogan scored your total of 32 points. Um, but it was close with Pope, Tarkowski and Foden. I came in with 29. So three point differential, but that gives you the five bonus points on the on the player game, which is which is good. And, and Gundogan came to fruition. Like you picking a player hasn't ruined them for the game week, which is a bit odd. Well, all three so, of them, they all they all got points. So I'm, I'm... they all got points, but all three of mine did as well. It was a it was a high scoring week for the the six that we picked. So. You know, but you, you, you take the crown on that week, which is good. So five bonus points to Steve, which actually edges you of two points total because I was better on the scores this week. So I think we both picked up uh, five points for correctly getting the uh, 3-0 in the City Spurs game. Um, and we both got uh, five points for correctly picking uh, Chelsea Newcastle. Uh, there wasn't any other five points knocking around there, but there was a couple of bonus points. So... I think I got three points in in the Burnley game, a bonus point downfall on Bur- Burnley and, and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it was a it was a strange old week really. So twenty points for me, uh, not 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 and seventeen points for you, but the five points for the players gets you over the line. So not overly exciting, but uh, another win for Steve, which is frustrating. It's getting boring now, isn't it? Not for me. <laughs> Next well, week's my week. This, uh, this week, I'm sure, is your week. Right, so let's remind you, like you say, um, of the scoring system. Five points correct score, two points correct result, one point for being a goal off, and you get an extra five bonus points if your three players uh, score the most fantasy football points. So let's do the players first. Um, let's start with your first pick of the week. Who are you backing to score some fantasy points this week? Southampton Lorne, Minamino. I can, I can like him now. He's not Liverpool. <laughs> he's a very he's a very likable player. I'm, I'm you know he's scored a great goal in his, in his debut. So yeah, good stuff. Uh, I'm going to go for his teammate who you've already picked earlier in this season, Danny Ings, because he's Fair probably play. not going to be in my side and he's going to punish me. I think in the somehow actual damage game. limitation. Who's your second? Right, Patrick Bamford. Pretty standard stuff. Get him in. I think you picked him already. I'll take the double game week. Getting him in. Fair enough. Yeah, I would have probably had Bamford if it wasn't um, wasn't for the fact that I picked him two weeks ago with, as a bit of an oversight. Uh, I'll have his teammate Rafinha. Keeping on the Leeds team, number three pick for me, Stuart Dallas. Oh, I hope he scores because, like, you know, if, if if Dallas and Bamford have a good week, then I'll be absolutely laughing. Um. Anyway, my third one is uh is old. Uh, it's the nipple. It's Ariola. Lovely. Absolutely <laughs> love it. Um, it's, it's great. Um, you know, nothing, in there at the end. Yeah, just you know, just pop the popping a tit out. Just uh, just <laughs> keep, keep us all happy. Uh, Good. Right on that note, um, let's see the scores. Uh, Wolves versus Leeds, first game of the weekend, Friday night. What are you saying? Two two, I think. Oh wow! I mean, so this is ridiculous. I thought I was being a bit rogue with this, but I've said two all as well. But like, we'll see how we get on because I might change a few of these this week if we're going down the same route because it was a bit, uh, it's a bit too, too like for like last time round. Uh, Southampton versus Chelsea. Well, Chelsea haven't been letting me down on the nil too, so I've got two nil Chelsea. I've gone two one to Chelsea. Uh, Burnley versus West Brom. One one. I have gone for the same. Good. Brilliant. Uh, Two draws picked already for his out of three games. Liverpool versus Everton. Uh, I'm going to go for 3-0 Liverpool. 3-0 Liverpool, wow. Uh, I'm going to go for 3-2. Merseyside Derby Classic. That's what we want to see, isn't it? 
Fulham versus Sheffield United. I'm going to say 2-0 Fulham. I've gone for 1-0 Fulham. Uh, West Ham versus Spurs. West Ham versus Spurs. What am I going for here? Uh, I'm going to go for 2-0 Spurs. Fair enough. I, I really sort of... This is the one I've had a bit of trouble with because I, I, I'm i sort of leaning towards that West Ham might do something silly, but um, especially if Kane's out. But yeah, I'm going to go, I'll go 2-1 Spurs just to, you know, toe the line. My, this is my, the game I'm most excited about this weekend, the next one. Villa versus Leicester. I think Leicester are going to edge it. Uh, I'm going to go 1-2 one, uh, one, uh, in Leicester's favour. I've gone for the same exact result, surprisingly. Um, Arsenal versus Manchester City. Ah, uh, City 4-0. I'm, I'm going to go for 2-0 City. Old, uh, old Pep getting one over on his uh, apprentice, Arteta. Sure. Uh, Man United versus Newcastle. I think we'll do them 2-0, Man United. Okay, well, I, I mean, I've gone for 2-0 as well, but I'm actually going to change this now because it's getting silly. I'll go 3-0, why not, just to mix it up. You know, I used to love the, love the old Man United versus Newcastle games back in the 90s. That was uh, it's a classic fixture that's been ruined by... You do love Andy Cole. I do love, I mean, yeah, it's the, the Andy Cole crossover. Um, Brighton versus Palace. Brighton Palace. Nil-nil for me. I'm going to go one nil to Brighton. Uh, okay. And finally, the lovely double game week fixture, Leeds versus Southampton. What are you saying? 2-2 two, two again. Oh, I'm going to go for 2-1. Amazing that you picked, two, you picked um, no clean sheet for Southampton. Uh, we, neither of us picked a clean sheet for Southampton, and we both got McCarthy as our goalkeeper at the moment. <laughs> That's yeah. going to go well, isn't it? No, it's not. <laughs> um, hopefully, we're, we're proved wrong about that. So we will see. Um, we've kind of done done for time again. So I was gonna I was gonna go on to some fantasy football memories, but I think we could probably I can't can't quite yeah. squeeze it in this week. But maybe next well, week. Um, we might. One have thing I will I will say is, look, Kevin Davis. It was lovely watching you in the commentary box here against Blackburn Preston. You looked glorious. You sounded even better. I I was. Um, Unfortunately, otherwise engaged on Friday night, I I would have oh, loved to have watched the uh, the Blackburn some game. Some fan you are. I know. I, I was got, I was doing a I was doing an escape room, uh, an online escape room. Um, but, uh, if only you finished it faster, you might have caught it. Well, exactly. That was that was the problem. We were locked in there for hours. Uh, <laughs> 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 couldn't get out. I was uh, I was I, after, especially when you when you text me saying that. Big Kev was uh, was on air chatting about all things Blackburn. I was like, well, this is this is like the dream, isn't it? This is this is all my favourite things all combined in one place. And then we lost. Uh, so you did, <laughs> as we do most weeks at the moment. So never mind. But thanks for being there anyway, Kev, um, for that lovely language. It was glorious, glorious. When we talk about like the northern teams as well, I, I, I something I tweeted out earlier this week, but um, I just love the fact that this is the case that. Um, Carlisle have had so many fixtures postponed. If they play one game every mid midweek and every weekend between now and the end of the season, they'll just fulfil their fixture schedule before the playoffs. <laughs> and it looks like they're either gonna get playoffs or automatic promotion, so they could delay the season. So if they have one more postponement, Carlisle are, are gonna probably hold up the League Two season, which is um yeah, just quite funny really. Uh but good luck to Carlisle, you know, it's two Cumbrian lads. It's uh we've 
we always like to see. Good luck to Carlisle and good luck to Barra, who were in the relegation zone there. I really want to see them squeeze out of there. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, shame that they've, uh, they've just gone on a bit of a bad run recently. You know, obviously didn't didn't uh, get the right uh, right man in charge at the beginning of the season with former Blackburn legend David Dunn, unfortunately. I reckon, Kev, Kev if you're out there, mate, go, go and sort them out. They'll, uh, they could do with your advice. This is a, we should, that's the thing. We should, start, we should start a petition, you know. Kevin Davis for Barrow manager. We did start Kevin Davis for England once, and that didn't um, and didn't didn't end badly. I think he got a cap. Yeah. I'm not saying the petition was the reason. It was definitely his ability, <laughs> but you know it was a factor. I'm sure. Um, but hey, yeah, we, uh, we we got him there in the end, didn't we? So yeah, Kevin Davis for Barrow. That's what we're saying now. That's the, you know, he's the hashtag Kev, Kev for Baza. Kev Kev for Barrow. That's what we need. Yeah, yeah not Kev for Baza. That's uh, that sounds. Uh, Sounds a bit different. Yeah, <laughs> Kev for Barra. That's what we need, right? Anyway, we've uh, we've we've talked for long enough, so I think that's probably the, all we have got time for. Um, yeah, thanks for listening to the, the 115 Files FBL podcast. Uh, if you want to find us on social media, it's uh, at 115 Files uh, FPL on Twitter, at 115 Files FPL podcast on Instagram. Uh, we will be back next week uh, after the. Uh, Leeds versus Fountain game to talk about how the game week's gone and look ahead to game week 26. We might have some fixtures by then, Johnny. Yay! That'll be exciting. Anyway, that's all from us. Thanks very much, everybody. We will see you next week. See you later. Bye.